Welcome to In This New Season, where we're learning this life again and again. Misa Nordic Spa and Resort is Prince Edward Island's first Nordic spa. It's a serene space designed for relieving stress, immersing yourself in nature, and invigorating the senses. And boy, does it do that. Personally, I haven't felt more relaxed than when I visited. The cold plunge is truly a reset for my nervous system, and I left feeling completely rejuvenated. We recently went together, and we cannot wait to go back. For booking information, go to misanordicspa.com. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should keep this in. <laughs> yeah. This is part of a great intro. Welcome to In This New Season. <laughs> Today's episode is all about the topic of moving and the question, can you really come home again? Mm-hmm. What have we learned from moving? Are we happy that we've moved? Are we happy <laughs> we've come home to where we both grew up? All the things around mm-hmm. moving and what it has brought to our life, what it's changed in our lives, anything it's taken away or hurt in our lives, all the things. All the things. Yeah. Why don't you start Whew. by saying where you have lived? Okay. Okay. So I grew up in Charlottetown, PEI. I moved away from my undergrad to uh, Sackville, New Brunswick. <laughs> I was like, where? Are you sure? It's <laughs> <laughs> yes, early in the morning when we're yeah. recording. Well, <laughs> okay. Um, so that's, you know, not that far from here, an hour and a half, two hours. And then um, after that, I lived in Fredericton, New Brunswick for another, for my teaching degree. And then I moved to Toronto and I lived there for three years and I was working there. And then we moved, um, once I got married with my husband, Greg, we moved to Boston where I did grad school. Then we moved to Los Angeles where we lived for four years in California. And then when I was pregnant with our first daughter, we moved back to PEI. To, I moved while yeah. pregnant. <laughs> no, thank you. That's what I think. <laughs> I was not that helpful with the moving. <laughs> uh, it was literally right at the three month, like, 12 weeks is when we we actually drove from LA to PEI. Wow. It's a, how long did that take you? A week. Yeah. yeah. And you didn't stop a bunch along the way? You were just like, who want to get home? We did pretty long days, like yeah. maybe eight or nine hour days, I mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we stayed in hotels along the way. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. we had a U-Haul because we brought everything, all of our beloved Craigslist furniture <laughs> came with us. But yeah, so that's moving in, that was in 13 years, that mm-hmm. was moving to... One, two, three, four, five places and then back to yeah. PEI. It's quite a quite a few spots. Countries, yeah. cities. And yeah. it was like Sackville has like two stoplights. So <laughs> that was a, not a big town, but a big change. Mm-hmm. And then Fredericton felt really big because it had American Eagle and mm-hmm. all the things. And then we yeah. and then Toronto felt massive. Mm-hmm. And then but now having lived in LA, when I go to Toronto, it feels so cute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, then yeah. the, and then there's PEI. <laughs> and then there's PEI. Yeah. Hmm. And you? Uh, so I grew up outside of Montague, Prince Edward Island. And then I moved to just Charlottetown to start university. And then we moved to uh, Victoria, BC, where I actually went to university, got my degree. And then we moved back home for a year. And I hated it. So then we moved to St. John, New Brunswick after visiting it for an afternoon. We went to visit uh, my sister-in-law in Fredericton. And we were thinking about moving. And we were either going to move to Fredericton or Ottawa or Toronto or maybe to Calgary or maybe to Vancouver. We were all over the place. We just knew you know, maybe it was a little too soon to come home. Um, and we went 
to go visit St. John for like literally an afternoon. And I was like, I really like this. We should move here. And we moved a month later. So, <laughs> um, we're actually quite impulsive with, with our moves. Nothing else in my life am I really impulsive about. But moving, if I like somewhere, I'm like, I could live here. I could totally do this. <laughs> and Rob just came along for the ride. Uh, and then we moved back home after like a year and a half. And then we've been here ever since. But we have like back in Charlottetown, not in Montague. Right. Yeah. And are you happy you've moved? You know what? I I flip-flop on this all the time. Some days I really regret moving home. Um, and some days I'm so thankful that we moved home. Now, especially with the child, we're, it's very nice to be close to family and, and have a support system and, like, know our layout, I guess. But I'll, there there is a part of me that's, Maybe it's because I'm introverted, but like being away from everyone actually made me feel a bit closer to mm. the people in my life. There was more, people had to work more at the connection or something, so it felt stronger. Mm-hmm. There was more phone calls and more messages. Um, and living somewhere else, while I learned that your problems really don't change when you move away. You think, oh, I'm going to change my scenery and everything's going to be different. Well, you're still the same person. So um, that can be a bit disappointing when you think you're going to have this beautiful, fresh new start and not have any of the stresses and worries as you did in the last place you lived, Mm -hmm. which isn't true. But there's also like this beautiful um, like opening that you can just like you can change some things of how you want to act, who you want to be, how you want to present yourself in the world. I found it a lot easier to take big leaps elsewhere. Like I started my business in St. John. I like I announced that I was going to start the business. I started doing all the formula work there. And it, that felt a lot easier. Whereas even now, starting the podcast here, I found it a little bit harder to um, say it. Or be as exposed. Be as exposed, yeah. And maybe it's just because Prince Edward Island is a fairly small place. Mm-hmm. Most mm-hmm. people know, you know, who, where you live and who your family is. And um, if you say something, it might get, you know, twisted a little and someone else could hear it. And so it feels a bit insular or something. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you regret moving home? Well, so many thoughts in my mind <laughs> when I when I asked you I, I actually meant did you did you regret having ever moved away oh no mm-hmm. no uh that's not true I really didn't do well in BC I loved my school but I did not like the person I was there um maybe we'll get into that on a different day but I just I wasn't a great I didn't feel great about who I was becoming while we lived there um so I kind of regretted hmm, – I didn't regret moving there because I loved my university. I went to Royal Roads University, and I loved it so much, like loved it so, so much. But I did regret maybe becoming who I was becoming there, if that makes any sense. But I don't regret moving to St. John at all. And I'm really happy that I moved away because it did give me a different perspective Coming back, especially you saw some things that maybe you took for granted before. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh my gosh, Prince Edward Island has such a beautiful way of doing whatever. Um, but you also saw, oh, maybe we're behind in a little, a couple of these places. But no, I think overall, I, d- I don't regret moving away. 
my, my bigger question for myself is if I regret moving back. Mm. You know it's going to be really hard for me to just leave that <laughs> cliffhanger. <laughs> what do you mean? Who, who, who did you become? Um, I think that's probably an important theme of moving mm-hmm. up, like what changes it brings in, right? Yeah. So, I think the people I uh, surrounded myself maybe weren't the best. I didn't have a lot of time maybe. Um, my husband and I were on completely different schedules because he worked for like a foreign exchange company. So he worked like four till midnight and I was in school all day and then worked at a bar at night. And there just didn't seem to be like a lot of, um, not rest, but a lot of comfort maybe. It, it just, I didn't feel comfortable. And when I'm really stressed out, I don't think I'm the best version of myself. Um, but I think a lot of it was who I surrounded myself with. Now, I did make one of my best friends in, in my life while living uh, in BC, my friend Caitlin. So you're saying while you were there, you felt more stressed and you didn't like mm-hmm. who that made you? Yeah. And you were Isn't surrounded- that funny? Because I could probably come off quite stressed now. <laughs> no, that's not what I mean. <laughs> I just, I'm thinking, of course it was stressful because it mm-hmm. was in, what, is there a version of moving that isn't really stressful because- you're moving completely across the country. Mm-hmm. You are independent from everything you know. Yeah. You're not known by yeah. the people or the environment. Everything's a learning curve. Yeah. Then you're in university, which is a learning curve. Yeah. You know what I like yeah. who is the best version of themselves when they when yeah. they're first expanding, right? I'm not sure. Expanding is messy. Mm-hmm. I but I didn't feel that when I moved to New Brunswick. Well, maybe you were, pra- it's you were practiced, smaller. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. I was practiced, but I that first expansion, yeah, I think is a, a messy, yeah, messy. It felt messy. Function, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it did. It felt and really it's messy. not when we, and then it feels unsafe to <laughs> us mm-hmm. because you're quite control oriented, mm-hmm. as am I. Yeah, and so when I imagine you doing that and saying I didn't like who I was becoming, I'm thinking, did it just feel unsafe because it was. It was like the rules were changing and, you, yeah, and your maybe. self-identity was allowing itself to expand, but that may have felt really ungrounding. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, my mental health just wasn't wasn't great when we lived there, and it definitely got a lot better leaving. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, again, think how much of that has to do with also the circumstances mm-hmm. that it was the first time leaving everything we know to be true, like leaving our foundation, mm-hmm. leaving our floor. So I, I know with like my work and talking to people who are moving or have moved and for my own self, it when you first leave and you don't, you expect it to be, at least for me, easier than it was. Yeah, maybe that's it. The expectation was that it would be easier. Now, like a lot of great things happened while we lived away. Like we got engaged when we first moved away we got to visit a couple of really cool places close by. Again, like I love my school. Like there was good things. I just like overall, I just, I look back and I don't feel like that was a good, I don't feel good about it. It kind of makes my belly feel icky. I still want to know more. I'm having trouble dropping this one. What, what, where's the shame Maybe from off then? the podcast. We don't have better we, Well, I, for that one. I don't want to bash a city. There's no, it's some not things the city. I really I'm didn't wondering like. about, it sounds more like how you felt about you. Not the city. Yeah. You're judging yeah. something about yourself and who you were and mm-hmm. what you were, what mm-hmm. what kind of um, intrigued you, I think. It feels like you're you're 
judging a version of you that was interested in trying some new things, being around some new types of people. Yeah. And then yeah. in retrospect feel like that wasn't that wasn't good for me. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, Hello. that feels that's good. That's growth. <laughs> like it, I worry more when we don't have those experiences. Yeah. yeah, I can see that. Like, is that what if that's a gift in your life to have had that? I think time? it is. I do I think it is a gift because I know the direction I don't want to go. The people I don't want to surround myself with. The, you know, I don't do well in certain situations, like certain party situations. Um and it was good to know. That I don't. That you can, you felt susceptible to their energy and their influences. Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah. Yeah. I just wanted so desperately to be like included. Yes. That I can, yeah. all I want to do is go back to little Alyssa <laughs> as you were little. Yeah. What are you, were you 19, 20? I was 18, yeah. I think. And when say, yes. Yeah. And give you a big <laughs> hug and say, good for you, spreading yeah. your wings. Yeah. Like it's important to. To try things, it's mm-hmm. a, it's important to find out who we are and who we aren't. Yeah, what feels good and what isn't. And I think that I think if we almost step into the things that are scary to us sometimes, mm-hmm. especially if we're more control oriented, careful. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It can be a good way to release judgment of ourselves and other people because it's sort of like, yeah. well, I can't really hate what I'm all what I also am. Right. Okay, but can you? <laughs> <laughs> that's why I'm like, I'm noticing maybe that's still, perhaps we haven't come to love that part. I have not yeah. come to love that part. No, no. I haven't. Maybe mm-hmm. I will over time. <laughs> Even though it was I a do. long time ago. I think but. that's probably a really important like period of life to be able to. Yeah. To but you know, actually, I don't know if you've listened to. Glennon Doyle just did a podcast. It's funny because I was so not a Glennon Doyle gal before we got close. And now I'm like, oh, my God, I love her. Um, She was interviewing Dr. Becky. Mm -hmm. And she was talking about IFS, internal family systems, and also attachment styles. And she was talking about – she was explaining – um, a situation with a parent and a child at like a gymnastics birthday party. And the kid was sitting at the sidelines and really, really not wanting to go play with their friends and the parent really pushing them to go play. Mm-hmm. All your friends are here. Why don't you do this? Like, you'll enjoy it. Just go. And over time, that being a learned behavior of, well, if all my friends are doing it and I think I should do it, like everyone else thinks I should do it, well, then I should. Like that's how you learn it. And I think maybe that learned behavior, maybe that happened to me in my childhood a little more than I had thought. And that's sort of what I felt. Like even I wasn't listening to my gut. Mm-hmm. And even though I knew I wasn't listening to my gut about like what job I had and just like a lot of little things, I did it anyway. And mm-hmm. I— I should have listened to the signs that my intuition was telling me instead. Does that make sense? It does. (laughs) I still feel like that perhaps we came to know that so beautifully because Mm. of that experience. That's true. I should thank it. Thank that part of me. (laughs) Because we can't—it's like how could you come to have that deep knowing without having not listened? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Also, can I remind you, <laughs> you're 18. That's very developmentally appropriate time mm-hmm. to be figuring out who am I and yeah. who am I not and what feel, where are my limits and where are my edges and where are they not and what if my limits aren't what I thought they were and maybe I – like it's, it is totally a beautiful thing mm-hmm. to, to allow ourselves to try on 
yeah. identities and, and That's a good way to put it, to, to try it on. I tried it on. Mm-hmm. The outfit didn't suit. <laughs> I got rid <laughs> <Yeah>. of it. <laughs> yeah. did, you, did you have that experience when you moved? Like, of being like, oh, mm, no, I don't, this isn't for me. Did you have mm. that at all pre-moves or, or maybe moving back even? Maybe. <sighs> So, yeah, let's um, turn the tables here. Okay. <laughs> we can do that. Okay. Well, my my first move was my hardest move. Yeah. And I often think that's true for people. Mm. Just like our, our first real heartbreak is often the, oh, the hardest the one. one. Yeah. remember the most. Yeah. Just because that's when we learn our process. Like we, if we haven't walked the path before, then when you do it, you don't understand what's going to come next. So it feels really. <laughs> Sorry, I just bumped the microphone. <laughs> it feels really destabilizing. Uh, so the first time I moved, it was really terrifying, and I felt I wasn't someone who always wanted to leave my hometown. I I really loved growing up here. It felt really safe, and it was just the circumstances that led to me moving again to New Brunswick, which is extremely close, but it is across a gigantic bridge. It is. <laughs> and so <laughs> I, I felt, you know, it, it, it felt like a big, big deal. And it is like, you know, you're living by yourself in a residence all of a sudden and not at home. And so that was very destabilizing just because one, I felt a ton of pressure to not like let everybody down, which is just so oh. funny that I thought everyone like just holding their breath. Yeah. <laughs> like, I hope she did. But in my mind, it was like the island. Mm, that <laughs> perfectionism. <laughs> really, not even creeping up. That's just looming. Yeah, and yeah, some other <laughs> stuff. Um, and then I also, um, I also liked the security here of being known. And I know a mm. lot of people want to be away from, from being known. They want to be anonymous. But at the time, I did not. I didn't understand how people just didn't know things about me when I first oh. met them. It was very confusing. That's I was like, so interesting to me. I just felt like grounded in in the connections I had here. And I liked that it was almost a security blanket of a small town where it's like, you can't really do that much bad stuff because it's going to follow you. Like you, right. you're very, mm-hmm. you have to be more careful with your actions. But maybe you just didn't do a lot of bad stuff. And no, that's I why you felt comfortable. Yes. <laughs> I, I think I was the opposite. <laughs> yeah. I did a little bit too much bad stuff and I was like, I should get out of here. <laughs> well, there you go. Well, did you ever think, just for a quick second, that, that, because where you were at by the end of high school, that, you that also was a certain yeah, trajectory a, mm-hmm. that maybe removing yourself from what was familiar and going even more intensely in that direction mm-hmm. allowed you to like sort of find your balance internally. Yeah, that may have been harder had you never left, had you just stayed here. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, it, for sure. I just really want to. I just really feel great about that decision <laughs> to go to Victoria. <laughs> okay, I'll never go back. But thank you. <laughs> um. Yeah. So. So it was. It was very confusing to me, and um, and it took me a lot of time to figure out, like, if my identity isn't just sort of known for me, like, if people aren't sort of reflecting back to me what my identity is based on my family, based on my history, based on everything they already know about me, and I can just assume people know stuff about me without me having to tell them, um, 
what does it mean if they don't? What does mm. it mean if I'm in a place where I'm just a blank slate? And a Did blank you feel canvas? lost? Yeah. Like I just was like, how, if you don't already know I'm a musician, I don't know what to do. Right. Like I, I, it was, it was a strange feeling. And then, um, and then I also was very, very worried about my relationships with people at home. As much as I was trying to make new relationships, I was also really trying hard to manage the ones I had at home because it felt to me like I had left 95% of my network, like my comfort, my security blankets. And in my brain, I really needed them. But if you flip it, you know, for most of those people, they had lost 5%. Like they still had 95%, right? right? So that just the need ratio was different. Of And so my urgency was confusing. And also the rate at which I was growing, not like in ways that were hard to explain because it was like everything about my life felt like it was growing all at once. Like university content for one thing was just a really steep learning curve for me. Um, the whole liberal arts system and just thinking in new ways and being able to think in new ways at that age. Um, but also just being independent, new activities, new interests, like learning things I didn't know, I didn't know, all of it. And wanting, feeling like I was growing in this way and being afraid that if everyone didn't grow with me, mm. we would have to grow apart. And I just desperately wanted everyone who I loved to just, I think I still fall into this. I just kind of want us all to do it together. Well, I was just yeah. going to ask, do you still feel that way? Because yeah. that is a beautiful line. If everybody doesn't grow with me, then we'd have to, what if we have to grow apart? That is what a fear really based. scary mm-hmm. yeah, to me. And mm-hmm. it's, you know, a little less so than it was, but it's definitely still my default pattern. Mm-hmm. I, I'll fall yeah, into we that claim. really easily. Yeah, I <laughs> yeah. just don't want, Yeah, that is the cost of expansion sometimes. Mm-hmm. And it is um, my one of my favorite books is Educated by Tara Westover, and I found this quote, I, I this caption, I guess I wrote about the book after I read it for the first time um, in 2018. If you haven't read that book, it's beautiful. Um, so this is what I wrote: I don't even have words for how much I loved this book. Her true story is somehow my true story too. The specific details in her life and mine are not the same. But so many times throughout the book, I've been brought to tears by how she articulated things I felt so deeply, but never found the words to express. To anyone who's left home and tried to find their way back, who breathes in and out the bonds of family, who has felt like one identity is in conflict with another, who has experienced the trauma of your worldview dying for another to live, who knows the power of education and travel to connect beyond the limits of yourself, but to distance you from what you know and love, and who knows the steep steep cost of expansion to be belonging. This book is for you. Wow. (laughs) I was very moved. Wow. Yeah, I've never read that. I'm going to read it now. (laughs) To me, that's how I feel about moving. Mm -hmm. It has been... It has been me having my worldviews die over and over again. Wow. And that is a beautiful thing. Like you can't ungrow once you grow. Right. But when your worldview dies and a new one tries to live, there is this cost where you can you start to connect 
things beyond yourself. You Things grow in your brain and your mind, but it starts to distance you from everything you know and love. Mm. And that there's so much grief in that. And it's, and I like often I can feel it happening and I, it, it creates like a, I have a hard time just trusting it. Um, you start to grieve it maybe mm-hmm. before it's even time. Do you find? I find that maybe, maybe it's, it's more after it's happened. And I think I, I just, I just want us to speak the same language. And, and I think everyone's, you know, on their own journey and on their own path to expand and learn and grow in their own ways. And sometimes I just want to be on the same path (laughs) with everyone all the time. It's, I have found there to be a steep cost of expansion sometimes to be belonging. And I think maybe I'm hopeful that with time and with age that those things sort of circle together. And it's just sometimes I'm really impatient and I want it to all happen at the same time. So I don't have to have that feeling of aloneness. But I think even having a bit more perspective from, from, um, you know, being in university or something, I can see that it just doesn't always go at the same pace. And other people's expansion and growth in other areas are going down a road faster than I am, or I don't even know if it's slow or fast. I, it's less about like trying to get anywhere and more just diverging sometimes. And I think we can often find our way onto some sort of shared road, mm. but it's just not always in the timing that would be most comfortable for me. <laughs> and I don't know if um, it's like trying to get to the place where I can not even need everyone to be on the same road and still feel oh, that like we're fellow so travelers. Hard. Yeah. yeah, that part is so hard and can be so heartbreaking when you're young mm-hmm. to have that realization like, oh, you know, they often play that in, like, movies where the kid comes home from university and they're, like, talking to their parents like they know nothing because they're not, you know, they're in now in, like, this, uh, oh my you know, gosh, like a that theory class for sure. too. Yeah, like a communication not theory. Not just my I parents. Like, that was blah, me blah, talking blah, 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 to blah. the entire world. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to everyone who knew me that. Like, the self-righteousness of the 19-year-old liberal yeah. arts student is is something it's else. so, yeah. <laughs> but it's, but a, it's, again, a beautiful part of development. It is a beautiful part of development. Yeah. I was going to say, without that, you don't actually learn your your place sometimes to step back, mm-hmm. maybe. Um, and without your own, like, worldviews dying, it's, mm-hmm. it's really hard to understand anyone else's worldview. Because mm-hmm. if you're so stuck in one way mm-hmm. to think forever, yeah. um, if you're vision of that changes. It's mm-hmm. a lot easier to be like, oh, yeah. this person maybe just hasn't had that. They didn't get to experience that. So their views haven't had to grow or they haven't had the the ability to do that just yet. To be able to even hold multiple worldviews, to know that they're yeah. all just sort of chosen beliefs or like that truth is just very dependent on the context mm-hmm. and time that you're in. And so the more that I've, I've been exposed to multiple worldviews. Like one of the things I think about is that when I was in meal hall in university or the the cafeteria, I kept waiting in the rotation for ginger fried chicken to pop up (laughs) as one of the suppers. Because in my mind up to that point, I thought (laughs) it was absolutely part of the quintessential diet for all people. I thought it was like there's spaghetti, there's chicken and veggies. 
and then there's ginger fried chicken <laughs> and it just never came <laughs> and it was it's like things like that mm-hmm. where I just think I you don't know what you don't know like mm-hmm. there's so many things that it's like I was just it just never questioned that it was just an assumption right and having to be forced into other ways of doing things or like through travel it's the same thing having things happen where I think oh my goodness this is a whole other way of living that just wasn't even in my frame of reference as an option Mm. and everyone's doing great (laughs) like this is a wonderful way this is a good like there's you don't have to be as attached I guess or locked in and the more that you we like expand ourselves to tolerate that I think it makes us feel a little less uh, protective or threatened by like we don't have to make ours be the most superior Mm. we're able to say like well Mm-hmm. Like that's how I often think about living here it or anywhere. It's I used to feel like it was so disloyal. When I lived in Toronto, it took me perhaps until I left to get to the point where I could not feel like I was cheating on PEI. Yeah. I genuinely had a crisis identity mm. because I was like, if I'm an Islander, <laughs> I'm. it means I like certain things. It means mm-hmm. I don't like certain things. Mm-hmm. And Toronto, in a lot of ways, represents those things I'm not supposed to like. And then, sneakily, I would start to like them. And I'd be like, <laughs> bad, Kaylee. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> and so it was very confusing. And it's like, it's a hard thing to explain unless you probably, if you know what I mean, you know what I mean. It, where you're just, it felt like, if I like this, does that mean I don't like what I've always claimed to be my identity. Mm. If I can tolerate being far away, does that mean I, I'm not close with my family? If I like what a big city has to offer, do I now, am I reducing the value of small town living in my mind? Like they, they felt directly at odds and as if I was taking points from one to give it to the other. Do you think maybe that when you were saying that you almost felt disloyal, do you think it was you were feeling disloyal or do you think you were like, if I like these things, the people in my life might not like me because my identity has mm-hmm. changed? Do you think Possibly. maybe it could have been more about relationships? Yeah. There's a good chance. Most of the things in my life are about that. That's <laughs> yeah, probably a very good thought. I think it was like, if I like these things, do I know who I am? Mm. And yeah, and definitely, will this alienate me yeah. somehow from the things that I am clinging to or feel safest with. Mm-hmm. Or have in common with yeah. with friends and family. And then if I would try to come home and talk about things about Toronto or and and have it feel uh, criticized or dismissed, like um, like I remember someone saying, um, oh, you couldn't pay me a million dollars to live in Toronto. Oh, it feels like a dagger when someone, <laughs> and they're not. They're, they're saying it out of fear for themselves, maybe, I think. Because when I react like that, it's usually like, oh, that's curious. Mm-hmm. Why did I react that way? Am I envious of that? Mm-hmm. Like, um, but it can feel like such a dagger. You're like, why would you say that? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> be so hateful. I'd be in Toronto and uh, be around people, and they'd be like, "But what did you even do? Like, they, <laughs> didn't were you, you? Did you marry your cousin? Like, well, it's just it, there's a lot of ideas mm. either way, and it it felt I would be defensive of one and then I'd be defensive of the other. And it was just like very difficult to eventually to get to the point of holding them both and saying, I can, I actually just love both. Like I had to ex- actually feel like my shape 
was bigger mm. to have room to hold them both. Because for a while, they were having like a turf war in mm-hmm. my heart. Mm-hmm. And then I just had to like somehow make more space, it felt like. Yeah. Yeah. It was, um, it was as if when people would talk about PEI and talk about like the winters and about the, the you know, the small town stuff, I felt like they were like leaving out the best bits. Like they would be talking about stuff that was true, but not the whole story. And when people would talk about Toronto and say, oh, but the commute, the traffic, the this and the that, like the the friction of life and the um, all the things, I would feel like that was missing the point too. Like that mm-hmm. was like, you're not wrong, but that's not the, it's like talking about, I used to say, it's like talking about Cinderella, but just about the evil stepmother and <laughs> not like all the, you know, bippity boppity <laughs> and all the other stuff. Like, so it just is <laughs> like, it's not the whole story. Mm-hmm. I yeah. think too, sometimes someone's negative is another person's positive. Mm-hmm. So some people, you know, really don't do well with noise. So like the noise pollution of Toronto, like we were just in Toronto uh, last week and it was so loud, mm-hmm. but it wasn't a negative. It was just like, oh, this is different than at home. But for some people that would really be not good. And other people would thrive on like hearing the music of a city. Mm-hmm. So it's and we're more adaptable than I think we realize cuz I didn't want to live in LA. That was a very Greg led decision and I had all sorts of ideas having visited it once or twice. Yeah. And it took me actually living there to be to also change my own mind about myself to be like I was mistaken. <laughs> like I <laughs> I thought I saw the freeway once or twice. I experienced that. Didn't like how that felt. So you could just say I'm not a freeway person. But our freeway is my favorite to this day. No, I love the ease of driving on PEI. That's one of my favorite things about living here. <laughs> However, I was wrong to have thought it would be that big of a negative because my ability to adapt is greater than I gave myself credit for. And same, I think that's true living in place, different places is that you, you start to realize that your own beliefs about yourself are <laughs> very Able, like they're they're flexible. They're more flexible than we believe them to be. And it could, we can surprise ourselves of what we can come to like that we would have thought we couldn't come to like if we if we soak into it a little bit and let ourselves become someone else. But I think even loosening the grip to do that is is like pretty scary. That is scary. Do yeah. you do you have like an example of something maybe you didn't think you'd be able to come to like about yourself, but moving <laughs> led you to yes. be okay with it? Hiking. I, uh, <laughs> I, so people, when we lived in LA, everyone was like, let's go for a hike, 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 hike. And I was like, Bleh. no. And then <laughs> I'd be on top of that. Two years. Take me hiking. It took me two <laughs> years before eventually I was just out for a beautiful walk one day after uh, brunch with a friend. It was like, we were just walking, looking at the ocean, and she was like, what a great hike. And I was like, excuse me, what? <laughs> <laughs> apparently that was hiking. And I was like, I like hiking. <laughs> hiking is walking yes. in nature. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much it. Like, I, it was, I was envisioning, like, fighting off rattlesnakes and having a special <laughs> gear. And I know, like, there's other yeah. kinds of hiking. Yes. But L.A. hiking? People, it's like, it's very chill. Yeah. And I just, it, two whole years that I had it in my mind that I wasn't going to like that. And then, and then it turned out I did. So there's a lot of things that 
it's just funny what we sort of foreclose in our mind of what we would or wouldn't like. And I, I think that's been one of the best gifts of, of having moved mm-hmm. and lived in different places is that it's forced my hand to just prove how unpredictable I am and how wrong I often am about mm-hmm. myself. Is there something that you did through all your moves that you were like, oh, wow, I really carried that through. Like this is, a, this is such a part of my life that I've carried it through every move. Mm-hmm. The importance of relationships is the thing that became really, really clear. And then I had to get better and better at building the skills to make relationships. Um, I think that, I think that that is the, like, I I often think that if you're happy where you are, you'll be happy where you're going. And I think a lot of what we're able to create in one place, we can trust ourselves to be able to recreate it somewhere else, even if the conditions are different. Like obviously life is very different on PEI than it was in LA in terms of types of activity, like things that mm-hmm. we just maybe do. But but I have a certain trust, I guess, that I could live in a lot of places and probably be pretty happy just because I do think I know how to make community. And mm-hmm. that really is the the thread that has to carry over. Like I in my brain, I think it's not as black and white as that. I do think there are preferences that people have. And and like for our phase of life right now, I really value what PEI has to offer us. And I really love being close to such, like the ease of my relationships here and the depth of them and how the there's just not a lot of friction in life. Um, so it feels really good. But my brain doesn't have to be, I guess, superior about it. I can It can easily hold in my mind this idea of like, there are genuinely really great pros and really great cons of living pretty much everywhere. Mm-hmm. And it's super hard to know those things unless you've done it yourself and like giving yourself the chance to to let yourself like something. Um, and at the same time, there are places that just are going to feel probably like, wow, this feels really natural to me. This feels really right. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the relationship thing, like it, to, to the point that in LA, like after having done the first four moves, I was like, this is going to be, this is going to be critical. So mm-hmm. like like looking at the the school I was going to be teaching at, looking at the handbook to see who's generally my age, how can I contact them in advance, who's going to let's go for brunch, going around to my neighbors, making yeah. cookies with a note that says, want to be our friend. Like I was, it was, yeah. I was on the hunt to mm-hmm. form relationships because I knew Greg would be traveling a lot and I was going to be there and I wanted people yeah. in, in our building, like through. It's I moved, beautiful asked, that you took the chance to pursue. It's, you know, it becomes this like a necessity, like mm-hmm. a survival mm-hmm. skill. And I think, like, even to the point of being like, "Hey, yoga teacher, um, you seem nice. Yeah, <laughs> how do you seem cool? <laughs> Let's friends. hang out." Like, I was very. <laughs> yeah, I cast a wide net, mm-hmm. and then I think the wider the net, then over time, it may be that some things fall away and other things stick. But that's been my lesson. I think is even moving back here, as much as a, of a net I already had, is still just like saying yes, like casting things wide mm-hmm. to see and just being open to bringing new people and new things into our life. And um, especially when you're first in that moving state. And I think that's the gift is that now I am really, well, A, in my job, I just want to say that people want friendship more than people think people want friendship. Mm. <laughs> Everyone seems to me <laughs> to really crave real relationships. And even if it looks like somebody has a, a fully flourishing friend group, you never know if they're actually 
really have room in their heart for something different or something new or something more aligned with their actual, their growth at this time. I think that we're really scared to put ourselves out there to make friends, but people, it's like someone has to make the first move and it'd be so much more warmly received than we tend to expect. And the other thing is having moved somewhere or moved a lot, you start to know what it feels like to be in need of people. And I think that's given me, a, and probably everyone who's had that experience, more of an awareness of how might other people be feeling, who might be needing a relationship. Can I put myself out there a little bit more to include them, to bring them in, because I know how it feels to have someone make that gesture for me. Mm-hmm. Do you find that moving home, you had trouble coming back into your friendships here and also did you since you are really good at creating community did you find it hard to continue your relationships with people after you moved away from them well I think if we had to move back earlier it would have been really hard yeah I think that by the time we moved back enough growth had happened so here's my my whole fear just proven to myself it's okay to trust <laughs> it's like I actually truly think that the amount of time that passed and the amount of things that grew inside of me and that like my own healing and stuff allowed it our my relationships to to grow in a really beautiful way to bring in new relationships like people like you and then the connections with older um, people it felt almost like a new start because we hadn't lived in In the the same place place for so long we'd kept the tie but. There was so much growth on everyone's part. And that sort of shared experience in most cases of of having lived somewhere else and come back, um, that it felt like it was, it was, yeah, it it was not hard. I think if I think if I had have come back though too much earlier before some of those shifts happened, um, I don't know. I don't mm. know if they would have felt the same. And I think my ability to have relationships with people who have lived here this whole time also has really improved because I've I've dealt with a lot of my own issues and insecurities around the whole, um, what does it mean that I like living somewhere else, right. stuff, which I was just projecting onto all those people. And that was what was a big part of getting in the way of our relationship. So, Right. Yeah. And what about the people that you left behind in your, like in, in LA? My, in my like, travels? Yeah. Have yeah. You well, I also, difficult? no, but I think my relationships have, um, I've, I have a pretty good skill of clinging on pretty tight. You do tight. have a good skill. Well, <laughs> not even clinging tight. I think you have a really um, great way to check in. Like you you check in, which a lot of people kind of forget to almost, you know? You're, you. you're good at checking you do in. You too. Thanks. I, I, I do think like some to people maintain. would disagree with that. I actually, yeah. I cling I cling tight when I, I find, you know, uh, um, how some people, like, when they say, like, they fall in love, they fall so fast and fierce. I think John Mayer said that might not be a good example, but I love him anyway. He can do, well, lots of wrong, but I still think he's great. But he said, like, you, you fall in love and you fall fast and you never think that you're going to fall out of love. I I can do that sometimes with friendships where I'm like, I just love this person, like, so deeply. But sometimes when you get to the part where you're like, oh, we're act- we're real friends now. And like this excitement of the beginning of friendship has kind of ended. Um, and I'm not sure what to do now because it doesn't seem as exciting on their side. Like they don't seem to like want to be with me at that same like veracity, I guess. I, I can be hard to um, not feel just like 
reject it at that stage and just like bow out. Mm. You know? Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if that makes sense. Rambly Alyssa really came to play this morning. <laughs> <laughs> I think that makes sense. Yeah. So Again, like that's whole you friendship feel like episode you're shiny. We did. Yeah, when you feel like you're shiny and exciting. Yes. And but you worry about what happens. What happens when my shine wears? Wears down. And if they'll still want to stick around. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes I'll just it, because I'm scared, I'll just back out first. You know, mm-hmm. I'll be like, "Well, I'm just not going to check in with them and see." It's like a test. Mm-hmm. I'll test my friends. Mm-hmm. Do you still love me if I don't check in? <laughs> Mm-hmm. You know, uh, luckily, I have really wonderful friends who, who have stuck I, by I me. I understand that. I think I often worry about that, so, that idea of like, um, will the, like, will, yeah, the, will the shine wear off and mm-hmm. then, and then, yeah. then what? Well, yeah. Well, like, why do you keep me around? Because I just love you to pieces. No. <laughs> Like the shine, like we've yeah. had enough time to be a little I, shiny. I feel like you're still as shiny as the day. <laughs> but I think that's, I think our personalities also fit. I think you're also the same type of person that like falls in love, falls in love hard. Like mm-hmm. I'm not talking about like romantic love. I have no idea if you do that. Um, but for friendships, uh, mm-hmm. I, I think, I think it's like same as a relationship, I guess. Like when you know you're meant to be friends with someone that, that doesn't really wear off. Mm-hmm. And I find that we have the same, we, our energies are so synced that I don't feel like that with you, I guess. But the, I've had yeah. lots of unshiny times in the last five, six months. Oh, I don't think you have. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm trying I to think prove you a point I know. I know. But <laughs> okay, I think but- more of it is usually when I find someone really shiny, I find, oh, well, I'm not as shiny as them. Oh. So that's usually my uh, big fear. <laughs> like they're going to figure out that I'm not on their playing field, <laughs> and no. then it's not going to go well, which is just a f- I you probably know exactly where that fear came from. I don't in this moment, but that can be, I think, for people and friendships and moving, it's like mm. that, it's like you get this mm-hmm. high, and then mm-hmm. what happens when Oh, that is a good point. I have definitely felt that, that I can, I can, bring the shine pretty good in mm-hmm. the early parts of relationships. Yeah. And then— Like, oh, I can turn this on, and, like, and here yeah. I am. Right. I'm on top of things. But then what la- What happens Yeah, long-term? Yeah. Well, I think that's a very poignant point. Like, this idea <laughs> of—I do, about, like, um, if what happened— Like, it's like you're, you're wanting to know where you stand, and I, mm-hmm. I can understand that. Like, mm-hmm. that um, idea of— if I'm shiny to them, I know why they want to be around me. Yeah. But if I start to worry, what if they're shinier than me? Do mm-hmm. I feel as safe? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm thinking, okay, just <laughs> so you know. <laughs> like, you're both going to be forever shiny. Yeah. And also, you don't have to be. Also, that's not I think that you it. don't have to be. I think that's the part that's the one of the biggest learnings. You know, yeah. you don't always have to be so shiny and people still stick around. I think that— we talk about that so much in our perfectionism episode. Like, mm-hmm. well, if I'm not perfect, mm-hmm. why would anyone bother to love me at this point? You know, like, mm-hmm. so if I'm not as shiny, what what am I bringing to this? I don't want to be the needy person. I don't want to be the person who's constantly like, "What? Well, okay, what about me? I, me too." You know, but I think, I think moving for me almost gave me like a an interesting way of dealing with that because I could be, I could decide that, okay, I can be 
really shiny right now. I can I can come into this new community and be impressive and um, kind of fake it till you make it. Um, when I start to feel maybe not as shiny or not as impressive, I can move. And we can start all over again. Mm-hmm. I think coming back home has been really interesting because now we've been home for a long time. And I'm like, my shininess has definitely worn off a little. And I'm still here. And it friendships have come and, and gone. But for the most part, it's been okay. You know, people are still sticking around, even though I'm, I feel like i not as impressive as as I put up to be when I came home at first, you know? Like, when you come home, you're very like, look at me with all this experience, especially to people who haven't left. Look at me. I, I did this, or I went here, and, oh, I learned this, or I ate this food. And, you know, some people are like, well, I've never done any of that. <laughs> and, mm. But, you know, I'm not really sure what my point was there, but— you said a lot of good points. <laughs> I think it. Is, I think that we can find comfort in thinking that if I'm if I'm superior in some way, mm-hmm. then that must be what they. That that that's that's how you get love. Yes, and I think, well, you know, if we think of your son, mm-hmm. we know for certain. Mm-hmm. In the on the one hand, he's like going to be eternally shiny to you in whatever, yes. if that's what we mean. Yeah. On the other hand, that's very much not necessary yeah. for his his worth and his love to you, right? Yeah. So, I think becoming a parent can help you repair that a little bit because I'm like, honestly, he can do nothing. He can do absolutely nothing that would make me love him any less and to know that someone could feel that way about me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Whereas before, maybe you didn't realize that that love can exist because you didn't understand how to— mm-hmm put it out there in the world. And when you put out more of it, yeah. you'll get more back. It's like a really beautiful exchange of energy and love. But sometimes it's really hard to remember that. And to moment. separate that. I, I think for a long time, I, I've felt the same way and probably still do in layers. I'm, I'm, I'm you know, untangling. Mm. But this idea of, I, I remember explicitly having this realization at one point of like, I think that if I'm not impressive, if I don't have um, if I haven't achieved certain things, if I don't look a certain way, if mm-hmm. I don't um, do all these things that are like, well, clearly that's how when they do the math, they justify having me in their life. Right. It took me a long time to realize I was even doing that and then to be like, wait a sec, like, what if I'm, that's not the math equation? Like, what yeah. if that's just not how it works? Like, yeah. what if we can just love people? If we think of the people we love the most, it's not because in our brain we're, we're evaluating them in that light. It's not because we're saying like, well, she's good at this and she yeah. looks like this and she it's like you make me feel a certain way. And being yeah. and and you I just like our time, our energy together. I like being with you. I just like your your essence. Mm-hmm. I just like you. Yeah. And 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 then I like how you somehow like me. Like we're all just these little fragile souls wanting to be liked and seen and understood. Yeah. And if we do that for each other, that really is enough. Yeah. But our, we have all these protective things in place that tell us like, no, you have to be this, you have to be that, mm-hmm. you have to be this, you have to be that. Yeah. That negativity bias really, really comes in all areas of your life. You know, it really seeps through um, everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. I think that um, I've often felt like a, a puzzle piece whose shape keeps changing. And then when I go back, I don't. It doesn't fit in the puzzle mm-hmm. in the same way. You got to move to a different spot. Is that what you mean? I guess it's yeah. just like <laughs> trying to figure out like the belonging piece. It's yeah. like, well, 
I want to fit. So what do I, do I have to, what would it, what do I do to fit? Mm. And is it okay to just not? Exactly. Can you, can you not be a regular puzzle? Can you be like a 3D puzzle? (laughs) You're one of those wonky (laughs) side pieces, (laughs) you know? Maybe we're just like a bit of a jagged edge somewhere and that's, that's okay. We don't really fit together with all the shapes, but we fit somewhere and maybe parts of us fit with some of the other shapes. I think that belonging piece is so hard when you're moving and even when you're not moving. Mm -hmm. Like belonging is such a, and it ebbs and flows, you know, it always changes. Like um, I think you go through periods of life where you can feel like, yeah, I belong here and I feel good in myself and I don't feel the need to compare or have these equations against others. And then other times, you know, you might just dip back into it. Mm-hmm. And and that be a hard period of time. And then it might come back. You know, like, I think the biggest thing about moving is to remember that it's none of it's permanent, mm-hmm. <laughs> both the feelings and the place. Like, if you don't like where you live and you have the means to do so, now that's a pretty privileged statement. If you have the means to do so, you can move. And if you don't, Maybe you can change one small aspect of of the environment you're in, but but you can change it. There's a you know mm-hmm. it's not permanent. If I say tomorrow I'm going to move to wherever, well, if I get there, mm-hmm. I don't feel aligned in it. Maybe that can just be an experience I had, and I can leave. Mm-hmm. You don't have to leave everything about yourself behind. You can just like leave the physical place. It's so true that remembering that when you move, both. Like physically, like actually mm-hmm. move to live somewhere else, but just in life, like any moves you make, you can yeah. also move again from yeah. that point. I think it's hard to remember that, but so freeing when yeah. it's like, if I go, it's not a failure if I go to this place and end up not staying. It might yeah. just, it may be like Victoria in the yeah. sense that for you, uh, Victoria BC, to help you grow and expand your edges in certain ways, mm-hmm. that is a necessary trajectory point. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think, I really think that it, the more we remember that we can move from where we are, we can make changes within where we are to feel differently. And we can just, we can make changes in our life. Mm-hmm. We feel more free. Yeah. Yeah. I think a great thing to remember also is that if you have the gut instinct that you want to move and experience something, go for it. Mm-hmm. You know, just go for it. Believe in yourself that you can turn around if you need to. Like if it's if it's too scary and too much right now, you, you can try again later or you can move elsewhere. But moving can be a beautiful, beautiful thing and give you some beautiful chances for adventures and excitement and growth. It can also make you understand what you really actually loved at home mm-hmm. and um, and make you really understand that, oh, okay, that's a good, that fits for me. Maybe that is where I belong or I, I feel the best there. And, and that's, th- that doesn't mean you failed living somewhere else. That, that's, that's probably a huge success to figure out that, oh, I actually really loved my hometown. I think I'm going to go back. Yeah. yeah, having different eyes on things, it's, it's sometimes you have to be so far from where you were to be able to see where you were in another way. Mm-hmm. I thought of this metaphor that I've been trying— I've been trying to find the right way to explain this because I'm not sure if this is going to translate. Okay. So I think that when we grow, we can't ungrow and our and our shape changes. And 
And we've talked about how this can be filled with grief. And even though you don't want to ungrow, it can be really lonely. And sometimes it's like if everyone you love is in the rain and then you've had some experiences or maybe it's from moving or other things where you've been able to distance from that rain and, and then be in the desert, you can come back to the people in the rain and, and try to explain that they're wet <laughs> and that there's another way to be. Not even to say like, let's all go to the desert or the desert is better than the rain. No, no, no. More just like, did you know? that there's a desert mm. and there's rain like did you and and did you know you're wet but the problem is if often if somebody is in the rain and have only ever been in the rain they don't believe you or understand it's like that doesn't make sense and then they may just think you're crazy <laughs> and so they don't if they have only ever been wet they may not realize they're wet and i think that's not, that's like that feeling of being the puzzle piece out of place where it's like, oh, but if I, part of me just wants to go back to being wet all the time, like yeah. just only ever knowing that. And then at the same time, obviously I can't. So then this, my second thing is like, let's put everyone on a bus and let's all go to the desert and then we can talk about it. And then trying to get to the place where it's just okay, where it's just like, well, maybe that's just how it's supposed, I'm supposed to Go, and then there's probably some other thing other than the desert and the rain, the rain that I don't know about. And that's the thing. Once you've been to the desert, you're like, there's probably a whole other thing yeah. that I didn't even know yeah. <laughs> because this was wrong. And so, <laughs> and, um, and I think that's just, that's like been the gift, I guess, of um, in my, like moving is what I attribute it to. But I think you can probably have those experiences from other sources. Mm. Um, and also the, there's, yeah, like there's some grief and, and loss and sort of loneliness in that path sometimes too. Mm -hmm. And you can feel it coming home too. Mm -hmm. And it's all okay. Feeling grief and feeling sad things or feeling good things. Feelings are okay, people. Mm -hmm. That's where we're going to leave off. <laughs> feelings are fine. And no matter what feeling you have around moving, we'd love to hear about it. So if you could follow along with us on Instagram or visit our website, which will be in the show notes, you can leave us comments, send us an email, all the things. And I just want to say, if you, when you put yourself in a new situation where you don't, where it's out of your comfort zone, one of the gifts of that, like Alyssa said, was that sometimes what makes us feel more free to do things that our old version of ourselves wouldn't have done. Like I distinctly remember in LA creating a blog and making planners and knowing, and I remember saying, I would not have been able to do this, I don't think if I wasn't mm -hmm. at home. And that's just, just because I felt more, it just felt freer. It, and so that is, I think that's a thing a lot of people can relate with. And then Greg has often talked about my husband about this, the boomerang effect where there was a time when we moved where he, what we talked about moving back to Canada. And he said, I just feel like if we do that now, I'm going to boomerang back. Like my Oh. I can feel myself growing and I like the way I'm growing. I can feel myself expanding and changing and I like who I'm becoming, but I don't trust that it's stable enough that if we left right now, I wouldn't just boomerang back to who I had been. And I want to stay longer till those changes feel more solid. And I think that I've just never forgot that. that. I thought that wise. was I know it's Greg, very, you smarty pants very, over there. Very wise. I know. <laughs> he was wise. So I just feel as though I haven't, I don't know if I can really come home again in conclusion. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know if you can yeah. really ever come home once you, once you start examining if you're in the rain. 
Mm-hmm. Or is, is home actually without, is home outside of you? Or are you actually That's the it. home? And I think I do feel though that all those experiences of moving have helped me come home to myself. And there's a sturdiness Beautiful. or stability that comes from that, that, that tr- makes me trust I could have that in multiple locations. And yeah. Yeah. Home is where you are. Thank you so much for listening. We really would love to hear your thoughts on this episode and and what moving has brought up for you. See you next time. See ya.